Thank you everyone for joining us today for the PropTech panel. I'm excited for this one because I've actually been wanting to do something on ConTech, which is short for Construction Technology, and today is today. Uh, ConTech or Construction Technology is the topic of this month's the PropTech panel. Now, ConTech describes everything that is related to the building and construction phase of the real estate life cycle, which is one of the most risky, one of the most money intensive and also one of the most time intensive phases. So the types of functions that content can help with include procurement, resourcing, project management, subcontracting, site access and logistics, quality assurance, health and safety, defect management and more. Uh, today, I am in the Stone and Short facility in the Sydney Startup Hub. So I'm on Gadigal lands today. And if you don't know me, I'm Jennifer Harrison, and I am the Vice President of the PropTech Association. Every month we host a webinar, and we're very grateful for the support of Stone and Short in helping to run this event. I'd like to introduce the panel for today. My first guest is Justin Williams from Construction ID. Hello, Justin. Thank you for being with Hi, us. Jennifer. How are you? Well, thanks. Well, thanks. Um, and hello to everyone. I've, I've had some microphone issues, so I don't know if everyone can hear me. Okay, but um, uh, but hello. We can. And where are you joining us from? I'm joining you from Melbourne, um, which is by by um, when I look behind me is actually sunny today. Um, We'll, we'll wait five minutes. Very rare this time of year. <laughs> My second guest today is Chris Poland from DLP Manager. G'day, Chris. Thanks for being with us. How are you? Very well. Thank you, Jennifer, for having us. And where are you joining us from? Uh, I'm upstairs from you in Stone and Chalk <laughs> in York Street. So one floor up. Lovely. In Sydney. And my third guest today is Bart Krauser from Plan Radar. Hello, Bart. Thanks for being with us. Where are you joining us from today? Hey, Jennifer, great to be part of the panel today. Uh, I'm normally based in Sydney, but today I'm up in sunny Queensland at, uh, at a major projects conference in, uh, in Brisbane. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Justin, let me come and have a bit of a chat with you first, and let's find out more about Construction ID. The first thing we always ask people is please tell us in a nutshell what your prop tech does. Give us your elevator pitch. So Construction ID is software that can be used on small and large projects. That's, that's both commercial and residential projects um, for the entire life cycle of the building. Um, so it's a modular software and we've got modules for um, pre-construction, construction and post-construction. Today we're talking about context. So I'll talk about um, our construction module, which is called Builder and Defect. And it's specifically designed to assist um, projects with um, OHS, so it's health and safety, um, uh, quality and document control um, uh, to help make those projects profitable. Great. And can you tell us a little bit more about Construction ID? Uh, who are the founders? Who else do you work with? Can you tell us a little bit more about your, your journey? So um, I'm the founder. Um, of, of Construction ID and um, in fact uh, I'm the founder originally the journey started in 2011 so we've been in this for a long time now as you can probably tell from my grey hair and receding hairline um, uh, we started with uh, defects 
um, initially um, during the construction period. And there's a lot of uptake from this and, and um, the demand was for um, that to flow onto post-construction. Uh, so we built an application for that. Then they asked, uh, then the market asked us to build an application for OHS, which is safety. Um, uh, and then after that, they asked us to build another application for document management. So that's four separate applications. Um, the uh, big aha moment for us came when we kept getting repeated requests um, to do more and more and having to build other applications. That was a nightmare to, to uh, manage. And, um, you know, we said, we, we sort of um, said, why not just build the one application that's construction idea that does it all. Um, and you know, as you can appreciate, that took a long time to not only architect, but also build. Um, so, um, uh, and COVID whilst it was, um, was a very, very, um, uh, I'll say exciting <laughs> period for us all. It was also a good chance to um, uh, take that time to make sure the architecture for construction idea was right. Um, um, the hindsight that 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 sort of um, downtime also gives you is is uh, that if I did this journey again. I wouldn't build so many applications and so many different client builds. Um, I put everything into the one, one, um, one application, um, and uh, that's that's something that 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 uh, hindsight gives everyone, isn't it? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, as they say. But that's quite interesting because uh, you know it's always. I think it's very interesting for founders who are still quite early in their journey to hear these little uh, nuggets from founders who are are a bit. Bit, a bit further along. And I think there's also an interesting tension. I can see some prop techs are very single-minded. They are focused on doing more, pretty much just one thing and they do it very well and they can go faster. Other prop techs are building in more options and more um, you know, future revenue streams into their foundations and therefore they're going a bit, a, a bit slower. Uh, I don't know that there's a right or a, right or a wrong. Um, tell us a little bit more, please, Justin, if, if you can, what would you say is the biggest pain point that Construction ID solved for in the construction industry? And can you explain to the audience, please, how are you using technology to solve for that? So, so look, we, we cover um, uh, pretty much every, every aspect of on, on a construction site. That's, you know, the quality the OHS and the document management side. So that's a lot of scope to cover. To cover, however, you know the, the common theme over all of those all of those functions is administration and um, the administration that's 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 involved in in managing all those different processes. Um, so you know, the word administration can mean many things to people. Um, it can mean forms, and it can mean reports, it can mean registers, it can mean documents. Can mean communications, can mean compliance, can mean checklists, can mean inductions. I'm just reading this list out here. Um, however, all of these drive some very important things like quality and safety, um, and those are the two, two. Uh, uh, I suppose quality, safety, time, and cost are the are the four most important things on any construction project. And having software that helps with all those things behind the scenes is is very important. Um, 
look, one one thing that that software is great at doing, and and any software is great at doing, is it, it's 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 great at, at solving and helping with repetitive tasks. Um, and the result of workflow that these tasks need. Um, so so some of the things that 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 um, using software um, or automates is um, sending things like sending emails, updating Excel spreadsheets and um, and the like. you know I, I guarantee that every company probably in the world is using some form of Excel spreadsheet um, and uh, that is an absolute nightmare to keep up to date with and so software um, helps automate that or replace the old Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, so is, is, it, is, is it an app? Is Construction ID delivered in an app form? Do tradies pull up the app when, when they're on site? Uh, admin people back in the office using a desktop version? Can you tell us a little bit more about that side of the tech? Sure. Sure. So, so look, construction ID is, is both an app, so it's you know on your mobile mobile device, um, and that all talks to or synchronises with um, a web portal. So, desk-based users and on-site users can use use the app um, and all the web portal. Um, so, a choice of both. Um, so, you know, with with the app, we make it very intuitive and easy to use. Um, so, so it's important um, that that it's easy to use, so people use it. But also, um, it's important, um, and I've seen it firsthand, that users have access to in information. You know, I've seen firsthand how uh, much time is lost travelling back to the site, to and fro from the site office, whether that's in an alley mac, a builder's lift, or um, walking physically walking back to the site office takes takes a lot of time. Um, so the more information you can give users um, uh, on site on their on their device on their mobile phone, um, the better. And it eliminates that. Uh, you know, and I talked about the Excel spreadsheet before being you know the number one um, number one I won't say enemy, but number one uh, thing that you need to uh, address. Maybe it's a hard habit to break for, for yes. a lot of people. I mean, I, I do quite like an Excel spreadsheet myself. So, <laughs> uh. um, so, 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 you know, the more that we can um, auto replicate, but also automate um, that uh, that Excel spreadsheet, the better. Um, what that what that also means if people are using um, things like forms or or, um, uh, or workflows, it, it's eliminating a lot of the the um, data entry. Um, uh, issues that can can happen when you use Excel, um, uh, and that 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 in turn uh, avoids rework, which uh, creates cost inefficiencies and um, time loss, and, and drives up the um, well makes makes projects take longer, but also drives up the um, the productivity loss in uh, in construction. So we like to think of construction ID being the one percenter um, of construction, and that's that's the, the sporting terminology um, for the person who performs a number of actions, um, which clearly benefit a team, but doesn't have a defined position uh, or a defined role. Okay, interesting. Um, how how are you approaching sales and marketing at Construction ID? Um, so so we. Um, we're, we, uh, our, our sort of um, uh, go-to-market 
as a SaaS is basically through my network. You know, this this year it's um, it's uh, it, it's it's really about scaling up and getting getting a lot more professional about things um, and uh, and and employing a marketing team and a sales a sales team to actually uh, get out there and get known. And can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek at what might be coming up on your product roadmaps? Okay, so so you know I've, I've jotted down uh, quite a few notes here, but uh, the highlights the highlights of uh, our our sort of roadmap um, over the next few years would be uh, uh, some of the really exciting emerging technologies like um, AI and robotics and how we can um, integrate with those. With those technologies, but also um, uh, in a commercial sense, we're looking to become um, hopefully one of the uh, top three SaaS solutions in Australia, and just focus on the Australian market. Um, because by doing that, we can um, we can help change the market. Um, and and um, we've got a with construction idea. We have a fairly unique model where um, where it's used useful throughout the um, supply chain. Um, Rather than the lots of disparate systems, and we hope by becoming one of the top three SaaS models, we can help change the construction road um, roadscape, um, uh, and um, and 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 uh, by by doing that, you know, it helps helps the industry, which which is currently, as everyone knows, on its knees a bit and uh, yeah, suffering. There's, there's some definitely some ongoing challenges in in construction industry. I was just. Uh, at, a, at a presentation this morning where an economist from REA was saying that cost inflation in, is 11 to 12% in construction at the moment. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, it seems like uh, every week Channel 9 News is reporting that another home builder, um, sadly, has had to go into insolvency. So, mm -hmm. so um, thank you very much for telling us about Construction ID, Justin. Uh, Chris? let's have a little bit of a chat about DLP Manager. So same question to kick it off. In a nutshell, what is DLP Manager? Give us your elevator pitch. Uh, DLP Manager is a workflow solution for the handover and customer warranty period, mainly focused around the needs of the builder and developer, but engaging with all the stakeholders to make sure that's a smooth, streamlined process. Oop, you're on mute there, Jennifer. Yeah, sorry. So tell us a yeah. little bit more about your journey uh, into the land of startups. Yeah, so um, I came from a long line, 15, 20 years in construction uh, with Len Lease and multiple companies uh, and ended up starting my own business and looking for work. I ended up getting some connections with some tier one developers and builders and ended up with a spreadsheet, 3,000 lines long, and um, I've done it at Len Lease well, before. That will give you a million, a million lines. Oh, that was just really one building. Them. It was just <laughs> one building, Jennifer. I looked at it and smiled and said, yes, sir. And I went and uh, <laughs> I wasn't doing it again. So I went and fixed my own, fixed my own problem. So I had a, Perfect. Um, a <laughs> company it. I worked with before. We went in, built a, an MVP and a workflow solution to manage that coordination between the handover from owners, developer, builders, subcontractors, and all the way around the big circle of defects management um, for, you know, that workflow takes about eight steps and involves four people. 
and that's for one defect. So we times that by 3,000. It was just, it's not achievable in Excel. So we built a workflow management tool um, and then uh, built it out over the next few years, working with this tier one builder and developer um, and got to a point last year where we released it, where it was ready for lease for companies to take it on themselves. So there's lots of construction, post-construction teams out there for every building and developer seem to have a post-construction team. So now providing them the, the backup and software to allow them to manage and coordinate that, that efficiently. Mm. And so if if DLP manager wasn't in, in there, I mean, how would those post-construction teams be handling the problem? Is it just lots of bodies, lots of spreadsheets, lots of phone calls? Lots of bodies, lots of spreadsheets, lots of phone calls, lots of people, um, more people than necessary getting involved. Look, I've landed on the... The, the, the initial problem is the people, the owners aren't getting heard by the construction companies. Um, if they send an email or if something gets missed and it's very emotional time for owners when they're handing over. So we've got to take that into account. So our platform, you know, as soon as it's logged by the owner, you know, all mobile friendly, they can log a defect and the builder's notified immediately and can assess that item and, and give that owner some um, insurance that's being met. So a lot of transparency and accountability in our platform um, all the way through that, that workflow. Mm. It's interesting. I, I think I've, I have told you this when we had a, had, had a chat a few months ago, but I bought a property off the plan in 1999, actually. Yeah. And then uh, when I initially moved in, they explained to me, they called it snagging. There was this snagging process. The UK. Um, look, this, yeah. this, was, this was 1999. Yes, it was, it was in London in the UK. And I typed up a list. I think I had 33 items on my snagging list. And this was 1999. So I actually faxed it over to them. And I did feel that they just randomly told a few tradies to come. And they thought that maybe by fixing five or six of the problems, I wouldn't actually pursue them or have an expectation that, that the other problems would be fixed. And in some cases, I was told that the problems weren't a problem. And I actually had, you know, like a, a ventilation outlet that didn't have a cover. It actually just literally had some gaffer tape over it. Yeah. And I was kind of, I actually had a window. <laughs> Sorry, I had a window that couldn't open because there was a, a balcony railing and the window could open basically one centimetre. And I said to them, I said, no, I think you need to take that window out and replace it with a window that actually will clear the balcony railing and open. But look, it was quite a process for me. I had to well, you're still emotional about it. That was 20 years I ago. I am, you know, I am. There you go. I am oh, still emotional about it. But it does your head in. Do you know what I mean? It's like with well, that quick workflow, you send that to the builder, but the builder paid a window guy. And how we need the right information to get that through to the right person so everyone. You know, there's no excuses why we can and cannot do it. So, and it's, you know, with technology now that's available to us, photos, descriptions, yes. and, and working through that workflow. So, um, well, the workflow is, for me, is born from experience in managing this process. So that workflow, nice and direct, but then there's everything in between with defects management. And uh, we bought a phone for this business because uh, that's how you manage defects and it, we don't use it anymore. Right. So that's where we've got to go. That's well. That's that's a great that's a great proof point. So, yeah. can can you tell us a little bit more about the technology you've built? 
Yeah, so our, we've got a developer team um, who also builds um, workflow technology for Sydney Water. So they have developed this workflow where um, very permissions based. So if you're an owner, you only see bits and pieces. There's a lot of stuff in defects that happens in the background for builders and subcontractors managing that process as well. So um, back charges and communications and rectifications of water leaks, but then not only just fixing the water leak, but the carpet, the patching, the painting, the mold, and everything comes along with it. So um, there's a lot of experience in how that workflow goes direct, but then also round in circles, but still going in the same right direction. I'm a big one of just making sure we get to an endpoint, although I do understand there's a lot of aspects to a defect. You know, and again, that's one defect in, in, in 3,000. Yeah. So it can get very complicated for the builder trying to manage who's it with, where's it at. Well, it's impossible in a spreadsheet. We use a traffic light system. It's very um, visual. So you can see things are moving quite quickly. And if they're not, again, alarms and automatic notifications going ahead and, and, and helping you manage that process. Yeah. And so how do you approach sales and marketing? How are you going to market? Uh, so we've got a, a good marketing team that's built a lot of awareness and we jump on the back of this awareness of technology and construction. But in the last year, we've built awareness around this, you know, really underserved um, phase of construction as Justin know, the, under, the, the post-construction phase is really construction company, a hard phase. Construction managers who have built a $100 million building really struggle with that, um, that management of homeowners after. So we've really built awareness around it different option and, and removing the emotion out of defects um, and then this year that marketing is really starting to pay off with a lot of organic growth um, and awareness that hang on there's another option other than manhandling and spreadsheets yeah and can you give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what's coming up on your product roadmap yeah so we've got a feature coming out um, in the next month that will open us to uh, the remedial building so allowing remedial builders to manage their and owners committees to manage any building reports. Um, so that, that's a big um, step and a new market for us for basically everything post-construction. When I say post-construction, after the initial build. So be able for owners committees to document all those works, building works in their um, building on that, on that job. And then we're looking to sort of, with our partners, we've partnered with Procore and a couple of international clients to sort of start to look a bit further overseas by the end of the year. Um, and we've also got our eye on some AI stuff and machine learning, so. Wonderful. Thanks so much for telling us about DLP Manager. Thank you. And but Plan Radar, uh, same opening question to you. Yeah. Uh, in a nutshell, can you give us the Plan Radar elevator pitch, please? Yeah, sure can. Um, you know, we certainly do have some similar value propositions across, um, you know, Justin and Chris's products there and, and our own. Plan Radar is really focused on, um, you know, increasing the communication and the collaboration on construction and property projects. And, and we do that by being able to um, customly align um, uh, our form building um, part of the platform um, for data collection around a particular process that a business might have. And, you know, you can take photos, you can do voice to text for your notes. And it's right. It's really, really super quick at um, creating smart and, and very professionally laid out reports. 
Um, so we, we kind of find that we've got value propositions in a few different areas, Jennifer. So mm -hmm. it can be a specialty contractor like an engineer. It could be a complete, um, you know, digitization for a head contractor, or it could literally be defect management for another customer. Um, and, you know, we've got another part of the platform where you can actually take existing PDF uh, forms, turning them into fillable forms, and they can be aligned to a project. And when they're filled out and completed by a subcontractor or a participant on a project, they then become a flattened document of record on that project file where you want it to be filed. Lovely. And can you tell us please a little bit more about Plan Radar, where it's headquartered and where else in the world you are? And then um, tell us a little bit more about how you run uh, Plan Radar in Australia. Yeah, absolutely. We're, um, we've got a, a nice sort of a, a romantic story, if you like, around our origins, Jennifer. We, we hail from Vienna in Austria. Um, it's a very, very beautiful part of the world. And um, Plan Radar, you know, was started a little over 10 years ago. Um, and we've got uh, offices in, I believe, 19 countries now. We've got 120,000 users across 65 countries. So in that little over 10 years, we've, um, we've grown, you know, tremendously well. Um, with the operation here in Australia, I started with the company as the country manager a little over a year ago. And uh, very quickly, I understood that the, the Austrians who are very German in their thinking, very structured, um, they, they have a plan for success for everybody within, who works within the business. So they already had a recipe for success for me. Um, so even though I had, you know, all these years of experience, um, they were saying, well, this is the Austrian way. So um, it was important for me to embrace all of that thinking, first of all, and see whether there was any additional elements we needed to add for the Australian market. Um, so, yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So does that mean every Australian employee also has their own personal plan for success? Yeah, they sure do, Jennifer. Like, as an example, I mean, one of your few questions coming up is going to be around, you know, things like the sales and marketing. So if you look at a salesperson, for example, there is four different types of sales position that is available within the company, like four levels. I can only hire for the first two, right? The second two, they need to be achieved. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, interesting. So, if this might be, I know this might be a bit of a challenging question, but if you had to, could you point to the single biggest pain point you think Plan Radar solves in the Australian construction industry? The single biggest one, I think. Um, if I if I had to sort of focus on the single biggest one, I think one of the biggest problems that all of these platforms um, have in, in going to market is the change management side, Jennifer, in getting businesses to embrace that digitization and that change. And I think if, if I could put it on one thing, it's the fact that Plan Radar can take a single process and digitize it cost effectively without having to boil the ocean. Um, so I think um, one of the biggest uh, success points that uh, the Plan Radar has had in the Australian market to date 
is being able to digitize the process for client-side engineers that are doing um, complex and detailed inspections on large projects and having to magically create a report for their client on a daily basis, which usually takes them two to three hours to complete after they've been on site all day. Um, now they can complete that in 30 seconds. Fantastic. So can you tell us a little bit more about the technology that enables that to be done in, in 30 seconds? And what does it actually look like to be using Plan Radar? Is it an app? Is it a desktop um, portal? What, what does it look like in the hands of the user? Yeah, so Plan Radar is a true SaaS um, driven uh, platform that is hosted on AWS. So we have a desktop application, which is largely centered around the, the user or the person who's going to be sitting in an office who uh, wants to see pretty dashboards that's going to help them manage things by exception and drill into the areas that need their attention. <clears throat> Pardon me. And then out on site, you've got uh, the capability for the, for the workers that are needing to go out in the field. They can have access to apps for iOS, for Android, for Windows both on tablets and phones, and they don't even need to have an internet connection to continue using the uh, the software. Um, but what, they, what they're usually presented with is um, they can upload plans to Plan Radar, and you can pin a location to a plan, you can GPS tag your location, and then create your communication. And your communication, it could be, you know, a um, an RFI or a request for information, it could be a defect, it could be a safety inspection that you're doing. Um, and so Pla Plan Radar makes it very, very simple to, to sort of access all of those capabilities out in the, in the, in the, on the projects. Wonderful. Uh, what kind of feedback? Um, are you able to share with us some of the feedback you're getting from the market from those users? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, having uh, only opened the office here for a little over a year ago, Jennifer, we've already landed our first mega project. And it's, um, it's probably one of the most fantastic bits of feedback we've had in the business since I started here. Um, it's a $780 million bridge project in Hobart. And within one month of implementation, uh, the Tasmanian government that is renowned for never letting you do a press release allowed us to do a press release, um, signed off uh, on that. The press release that we ran in the Australian media then got picked up by the uh, Croatian equivalent of the financial review um, because our founder is a Croatian uh, engineer and we had done a, a massive bridge project in, in Croatia. And um, within, I think, 24 hours of that article being run in the, uh, in the financial newspaper over there, the uh, Croatian office for Plan Radar received a phone call from the Australian consul saying, hey, I want to meet with you. And then he started inviting them to parties. So they're <laughs> calling me up saying, what are you doing down there, Bart? <laughs> well, I, um, it just goes to show the, pla the, the power of PR, which I would say since that's my, that's my day job of PR, but actually um, we, we have got that news release Bart just mentioned on the propsecassociation.com.au website in our um, member member news section. Uh, that's a great story, though. Um, I'm going. I might use that one for the, the power of PR. But, but anyway, back to back to back to construction. We've, we've spoken about time and efficiency benefits. So, are there any other benefits you'd like to highlight, um, either from construction technology in general, or more specifically from the Plan Radar platform? Yeah. Look. I think there's um, there's quite a lot of hype out there in the industry, um, especially when you talk to high levels of government when they talk about 
um, sustainability and they, they say, oh, we've got to have more sustainable projects. And quite often tech companies are sort of scratching their heads going, right, so um, what does sustainability really mean? You know, and I think when you focus on the elements of minimizing waste, eliminating rework and reducing defects, you know, that in a nutshell is creating a more sustainable environment. So, you know, the, the savings of time and the increased and improved communications is really what these platforms are about, you know, bringing some, some smart controls to people by making information available. Mm. Yes, I, I like the way like, you put it and agree with you. It's it's a, uh, increasingly I know businesses that have to, for example, respond to tenders or RFPs. There's always now some kind of ESG or sustainability uh, question in there. And you know, if you are a for-purpose prop tech, it's it's you know it's a lot easier often for you to answer those questions. But if you're solving for a problem in a particular sector like construction. I think it is important for people to be able to articulate those benefits exactly like you said at reduce waste, reduce rework, you know, reduce, reduce defects and just join up the obvious logic to, you know, there's less, less landfill, I guess, I guess at the end of the day, at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, how at Plan Radar, uh, Plan Radar are you approaching this as a marketing function? How do you go to market? Yeah, it's an interesting question, Jennifer. It's um, it's it's a big success story for the company and the structure that we've got for our sales and marketing. So, um, in Australia, we have three um, marketing roles that we actually have. So we've got a digital marketing role that was is very specifically defined. Um, we've got an an events and partnerships marketing role, which is very clearly defined, and then we've got a content marketing role, which is also very clearly defined. Um, everybody understands and knows their job and what their job is and what their job isn't. Um, and then on the other side with the with the sales, we've got, you know, um, as I mentioned, <coughs> pardon me, um, two, two of the positions, the um, sales consultant and senior sales consultant that we can hire into and the other two they've got to achieve. And they achieve that through not just sales, but uh, but also consistency. You know, at the top level, um, they've basically got to have achieved um, a million euros in sales in, in a 12-month period, um, and plus some other elements that they need to actually, um, uh, you know, to, to prove before they can get to that level. Um, behind all of that, we've got a team of 150 um, sales development representatives based out of an international location that um uh, call down and make appointments and uh, out of those 150 we've got six that are um 100 focused on the australian market um there's a lot of time and effort that is spent in studying each market um so that those representatives aren't just calling um down for example on the australian market and sounding like an international call center um, they understand the way the market works and uh, what they want and what they don't want. And, you know, basically the, the net result is we have around about anywhere between four and seven appointments put in every salesperson's calendar every single day mm -hmm. um, by those sales development uh, representatives. So it's a very, very successful model. Mm. Yeah, there's an element, I guess, of just process and, and consistency and uh I know in the residential space, there used to be this idea of 10 at 10. You had to make 10 phone calls at 10 o'clock every single day. Uh, 
Yeah, okay, and are you able to tell us, give us a sneak peek, what's, what's next for Plan Radar in Australia? Uh, what's next? What might be coming up on your product roadmap? Yeah, no, great question. We've we've just had some had two uh, massive uh, releases in the last six months. Um, the the first one was about six months ago, and it was the capability around being able to take your project schedule into Plan Radar. So, quite often businesses are creating a project schedule in Microsoft Project or P6. You can now upload that file into Plan Radar and and almost instantaneously create uh, tasks that are aligned to each of those line items. <laughs> and pardon me. And then when you um, when 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 that task is updated, so too is the project schedule on the fly. Um, in addition to that, we released about uh, about two months ago our full document management capability. And it's not just document management; it's about um, uh, you know, document approvals and plan approvals, and you know, things like shop drawing reviews, etc., can be formalised within Plan Radar now. Now, the the things that are coming up, uh, you know, as the um, the other guys, Chris and Justin, sort of alluded to that artificial intelligence. There's a lot of um, top secret stuff happening at uh, head office. Um, one of those things is uh, is a capability with the uh, with the AI goggles where you can literally be looking around a space that might be an existing building that doesn't have up-to-date plans. Um, and so you can literally be looking around and it'll create the plan right there in front of you um, to the point that you'll be able to utilize the measurements, et cetera, um, uh, quite easily. And, you know, that capability has been, has been built out over the last few months and uh, and we'll start to see that released, uh, I believe, over the next few months. Exciting. Thank you very much for telling us more about Plan Radar, Bart. Thank you. Uh, if anyone in the audience would like to ask a question, you can use the Q&A function or the chat and we'll um, funnel those through to the panel. Uh, Chris and Justin might come back to, actually, Chris might come back to you first. Bart just talked a little bit about sustainability. Do you find that comes into many of your conversations in the market or is that something where you're trying, you know, consciously to explain what the benefits of doing defects better are from a sustainability point of view? Yeah, so the, the ESG, so the Environmental, Social and Governance, so we 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 found our, our main, well, the ESG social is was is a big one for us. Uh, environmental, you know, we 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 eliminate site visits, and we eliminate a lot of stress on the subcontractors and the owners by giving everyone as much information as they need to sort of knock that defect off the first time, rather than back and forth. So we, you know, hard to measure, but definitely providing the right information so that to minimise the rework. And the, and the appointments for the owners. Social um, is the, the big one for us. The defects managers, you know, it is a, it's a, it can be, be a very negative job. You've got emotional owners and defects not being done. So we've really removed that emotion and made it easier for those teams to, you know, it's always been very transient as well. It's a graduate who wants to get onto the next project or, you know, they've got an admin who doesn't want to do it anymore because they just get too emotional. So we've really tried to help with that workplace and to a point where our team can now manage um, building reports of defects without going to site. So that's, mm -hmm. we had defect foreman who worked from home. <laughs> so, which has never been heard of before. 
So mm -hmm. no one ever thought a foreman could work from home, but you know, all the information's there, they're signing off and they're getting that engagement with their subcontractors. So um, we're finding that's where we're really adding value to the workplace and, and the, the resources of a company. Great, thanks. And Justin, what's your experience at Construction Idea? How does sustainability or ESG come into either your conversations in the market or when you're planning and um, building your features? Sure. So, so with ESG, um, you know, governance is probably the the um, lowest hanging fruit, if you like. That's that's something which which is directly applicable. It's pretty pretty easy to draw a uh, connection between. Um, Putting, running things through a form, um, uh, reporting on things and, and following workflows and how that, that satisfies governance. One thing that, that we've observed at Construction ID is that with the other two parts, social and environmental, a lot of those are uh, from a project and construction perspective, developer driven. Um, so what I mean by that is the builder tends to, with on, on the projects, follow what the developer um, says to do on the project. Um, what's the old saying? You go where the money is, um, do what the money says. Um, so so that's, 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 that's an observation um, that we've made a construction ID is a lot of the requirements um, uh, or, or, um, or, or practices that are followed uh, uh, that the construction uh, follows uh, are, are sort of developer driven. Um, uh, so, so, uh, and and in terms of in terms of the the other impacts, so Bart and Chris have, have mentioned those. Like, uh, uh, you know, I, I think they're they're sort of common. Um, those benefits are common um, uh, with throughout with with any any um, digitization. Is is you get you get um, social and environmental um, benefits. Um, uh, but yeah, look, I, I think the biggest impact is in the field of governance. Um, mm -hmm. Wonderful. I mean, it will be interesting to see because uh, we do have quite a number of ASX quoted companies that are in the civil engineering, you know, building construction and property development space. So I think it will be interesting to see as some of those uh, big end of town, if I could put it that way, requirements on auditing and disclosure actually trickle down how uh, you know, the industry at the beginning of town starts to engage with some of these issues more specifically. So what we're hearing at the Proptic Association now is that uh, some of the nice fluffy words that maybe have been used in the past to address ESG and sustainability, uh, the auditors and the regulators now are, are not looking for nice fluffy words. They're looking for granular specificity and specific actions with specific measured, measured impact. So. Um, wait, wait and see how that might might trickle down. But one of the um, things I wanted to ask uh, each of you as maybe a final question was, I might come back to you first, Justin, is um, where, where do you think there's still really low hanging fruit? I mean, construction is, it is messy, right? It is messy. Um, I think, you know, it's been estimated it actually takes seven different trades to build a wall. Mm. You know, because you need a carpenter, you need a plasterer, you need an electrician, you need a paint a decorator, you know, uh, where is there still the low-hanging fruit? Uh, look, I, look I, I think I think there's 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 low-hanging fruit um, uh, opportunities like that technology creates, and, and I've, I've talked about them briefly before, like um, in the field of artificial intelligence and robotics, because like there's so much repetition in construction, like 
if you're putting up a whether you're putting up a wall or um, installing installing a kitchen, there's there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of repetition. It's not like it's a unique one-off task a lot of the time, and that's where I think technology can thrive. And um, you know, I the, the note that I jotted down is that so far, you know, whilst it's really exciting, um, and and as I said before, we've been um, in in this content market for a long time now, and it, it's exciting to see widespread adoption of software and systems and people are changing their mindsets. There's a lot less labor intensive um, faxing and we've talked about faxing before Jennifer and, and emailing. There's a lot more um, adoption of, of, of software, which is, which is a good thing. But I think that that's only step one of a long journey. Um, step two is a really exciting part. Step two is when um, you, you, you start to implement some of those new exciting technologies um, like robotics and, and, and start to um, cut those seven trades you talked about down into maybe one, one trade um, that is delivered by um, uh, some kind of uh, robotic, robotic um, uh, I don't know, some, some robotic builder. Um, and you've got a, um, a project manager that's inspecting it and inspecting the quality and relating that back digitally. So, uh, you know, I think that technology can automate a lot of the manual tasks at the moment. Um, imagine how cool it would be to be in a world where, you know, buildings are built for half the price, but um, uh, you've got two times as many buildings being built. You've got two times um, as many, um, as many, as many opportunities for, um, Improvement, you've got twice the safety, you've got twice the quality. I mean, that 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 to me is like a, a perfect uh, a perfect situation where you've got technology driving driving and helping um, the uh, the built environment. Mm, fantastic. And Chris, what would you say is still you know some of the low hanging fruit out there? Um, there's a lot. I think the construction industry is not low hanging. We're we're a bit of laggards with technology, but um, I think the technology that's coming out with, you know, especially with the two panels here, is all experience-driven technology, and it's just coming around and, and gaining the trust of the construction industry. So I think that's definitely coming. You see that with all, all the um, chat around the future in technology and construction. So our clients are, are not wary, but they want to see how it works and the experience behind it, I suppose, and I think... Uh, that's what they're looking for, and then they're adopting it. So we're having good um, adoption rates. So um, just got to keep going, turn up the next day, and um, it'll it'll take off. I think. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Bart, uh, what might be your observations as to where there's still low hanging fruit for technology to help the construction industry? Yeah. No. Look to to Chris's point about you know being laggards in the uh, in the technology, the utilization of technology in this space. I mean, construction is um, is, is the lowest uh, digitized industry, uh, except for I believe hunting and fishing. So, <laughs> doesn't really say much, right? Um, but I think the low hanging fruit for us is as you look at uh, as the builders look at speeding up. Um, the process of delivering their projects. They're turning to things like off-site modular building of elements of their projects so that it can just be assembled um, out there on site. And so, you know, when you look at the requirements that are still required at the end um, at handover, people need to know 
what was happening in the production line, um, you know, the elements and effort and details that went into putting together those modular pieces. And that's where, you know, platforms like um, possibly all of the platforms represented here can be utilised on that production line facility, capturing information and details through to the actual construction site where things are being assembled through to the handover. And I think, you know, as the industry is trying to pivot and change, the technology is there to actually assist and make that process a hell of a lot easier um, and still keep things connected. Hmm. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I think that probably brings us up to time. Uh, so, um, where should I say? So, Chris, yes, come back to you. So, I start with you, Chris. Uh, thank you very much for joining us today. If people would like to connect with you personally and also find out more about DLP Manager, what's the best way for them to do that? So, website DLP Manager, you can book a demonstration through there or look me up on LinkedIn or uh, info at dlpmanager.com and then uh, we'll connect from there. Fantastic. Uh, Justin, what's the best way for people to find out more about Construction ID and sure. also to connect with you personally? Sure. So to find more about Construction ID, it's the website. So www.constructionid.com. Um, and uh, if you um, if you want to connect with me personally, you can connect through um, LinkedIn, like Chris was mentioning before, um, Justin Williams. Um, and then, of course, we've got all their uh, socials for Wise Working Construction ID if you need any more information. Yep. And Bart, same question. What's the best way for people to find out more about Plain Radar and also connect with you personally? Yeah, no problem at all. I think uh, as the, the other guys were mentioning through the website, um, www.planradar.com um, and also connect via LinkedIn. I've got a fairly detailed profile there. And, uh, um, you know, once you've touched our uh, Plan Radar page, I dare say you'll receive a phone call from uh, one of our sales development officers pretty quickly. Excellent. And LinkedIn and email is a great way to stay in touch with the PropTech Association as well. If you're not already, I would encourage you to follow our page, PropTech Association Australia, on LinkedIn. And if you're not signed up to our newsletter, please, please pop over to our website, proptechassociation.com.au, and sign up for the newsletter. Following us on LinkedIn and the newsletter are the best way for you to stay up to date with our events, like our webinars, uh, our other events like our awards and our bi-monthly member meetups. So uh, thank you again to Justin, Chris and Bart. Uh, I'm Jennifer Harrison. Thanks for joining me and watch out, as I said, on the LinkedIn and newsletter for information about next month's The PropTech Panel. <laughs>